This is the All Into Clemson Football Podcast, the official, unofficial podcast of the Clemson Tigers. What's up, everybody, and welcome in to a new episode. What you hear right now is, I'm sure, what many of you are feeling after uh, that Clemson blowout loss. <laughs> as uh, some of us are taking it harder than others, as you can tell. Um, that is our co-host, Briley, over right now. Uh, he is trying to cope with this loss. Uh, surprisingly, I am the calm one here, as you can tell. <laughs> And I'm trying not to laugh too much at this because this is terrible to see. I'm glad you guys can only hear this because you do not want to see this sobbing mess over here in the corner. He's, I don't even know what to, how to describe it exactly. He's a mess. <laughs> well, while Bradley right now is going through these phases of grief, I will give you our episode roadmap. Um, unfortunately, this could be a little bit more of a disappointing episode to go through. Uh, but first, we're going to discuss, as we typically do, our recap with our recap episodes. <laughs> uh, we'll give you our pivotal plays and takeaways, um, and then we'll do we'll take a look at the Clemson program in two different ways. Uh, <laughs> uh, we'll we'll look and see how the Clemson program is. Uh, here in the near future. <laughs> and then we'll take a look at the Clemson program, uh, how we think they'll look in the in the future. <laughs> uh, we also have uh, some voice messages from Bam and Dan, and we have a new... Uh, <laughs> we have a new voice here. We've got Buckeye Andy left us a message as well. Uh, and finally, stick around to the end and we'll discuss our plans of the podcast for the off season. <laughs> it might be the last season for us after this hard loss to take. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll give Briley a second here to get settled and uh, join us as a, a normal human being, maybe. Thanks for starting without me. Oh, yes. Not a problem. We have we have deadlines. We have things to do. I just had to run a couple of errands. Yes, yes. <laughs> hmm, my voice. Woo. You right there? Where are we? Uh, we're all in our different stages of grief, basically, is where we are right now. Oh, I'm over it. Oh, really? That's good. You got through it pretty fast there. At yeah, least. I, I'm totally over it. it uh, Take some of us longer. <laughs> hasn't affected me in the least at all, of course. See that? So, uh, yeah, okay, okay. So an episode today, huh? Yeah, we're good to go. You, uh, you told them what's happening? I did, yeah. All right, cool. Uh, um, yeah, thanks for being here, everybody. Glad to be here. Uh, okay, I guess we do have some messages first to play. Is that what we're doing first? Yes, that's All right. what we're doing. I thanks for the direction. Yes. Thanks for being here for me. Okay, <laughs> let's start with Bama Dan. Hello again, Clemson Pod. This is, as you well know by now, Bama Dan. Say what you want about Bama fans. I am not one to kick y'all while you're down. My condolences to Clemson after that loss. That being said, idiot ass Dabo Swinney has turned himself into a memeable little bitch who nobody respects. When he talks, everything he says turns around to bite him in the ass. Now listen, I, like many others, was outraged and mildly upset that Ohio State made it into the playoff. But you know what I didn't do? I didn't brag about ranking them 1100th in the polls and then proceed to get thoroughly eviscerated by them. Maybe he should have ranked them number two behind Bama. The fact is that Ohio State left Clemson with zero excuses after that game. They injured Justin Fields so that he couldn't really run and was no longer a dual threat quarterback. But guess what? He still lit up the field. Now, nobody hates Ohio State and their annoying, smug-ass fans more than Bama Dan. It just so happens that Nick Saban and Devonta Smith are perfectly positioned to wipe that disgusting, smug look off their f***ing faces. Roll Tide, mother <laughs> At least we have something. That's painful. 
true, but at least we have something to smile about after that. We can always just smile after Bam and Dan gives us a voice message. <laughs> it's true, even though he's trashing us. And the really unfortunate part is that I sort of agree with half of what he's saying. It's hard to disagree. I know. It's bad when you align yourself with Bam and Dan. We're playing this because... I don't know why we're playing this. He sent us a message. Bama Dan's been a good friend to us. He's given us some good content. And uh, maybe this will be a reminder for all of us. We never want Bama Dan to have another way to brag when it comes to our little rivalry. So there's Bama Dan. Okay. The other the uh, other message that we have is from someone who's very special to me. My best friend, Andy, actually. I have terrible taste in friends. Uh, he's a an Ohio State Suckeye fan, and uh, so he was texting me the whole game and rubbing it in my face and all that stuff. And uh, he decided to leave us a message as well. So here's what uh, here's what Buckeye Andy had to say to us. Look, Briley, um, you know I I've been watching Ohio State for for years now, and you know there was the argument of well they might not be able to you know they don't deserve to be in the playoffs and everything. And you know I told you that they even. Uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, I, I wasn't sure at one point, but, um, you know, hands down, they, they deserve to be there because I mean, Clemson didn't even look like they'd, they'd played any games this year. And, you know, Dabo Sweeney saying, Oh, they're number 11. They haven't played enough games, whatever. Well, I mean, Clemson's the one that looked like they haven't played any games. I mean, Ohio state went out there, they were on a mission. They were ticked off from that game last year and they just played better football. They were out coached. They were outplayed. They were outmanned. I mean, Seeing uh, Justin Fields take that hit to the ribs and then come out the next play, throw a touchdown pass, like clearly in pain, just shows he was a big, bigger man than Trevor Lawrence was. Trevor Lawrence looked like a baby out there among the men of Ohio State. So good job, Buckeyes. Glad to see him win. You want to know something, Buckeye Andy? You're the baby. That's right. You're the baby. Uh, I mean, again, he's sort of right. Justin Fields outplayed Trevor Lawrence and Ohio State kicked Clemson's butt unfortunately. Uh, so usually that's the fun. This is like the fun section of our podcast where we have, you know, people like Bama Dan and these other people come on and we make fun of them, but they get to make fun of us today. It's a, it's a sad day. Unfortunately, December 32nd in my book, I think is the way that I'm, I'm describing (laughs) it. That was, you know, that was a part of 2020, not part of 2021. Next year will be different. Let's hope at least, but, uh, Thanks, Andy. Uh, I'll be uh, texting with you later, of course. All right. So Carter already let you know that we will be discussing the pivotal plays and top takeaways, and then we'll hop into the long, the, uh, we'll zoom out a little bit and discuss long-term effects. But first, uh, I want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Fanatics. Uh, so this game kind of destroyed everything I've been saying about Fanatics, unfortunately, which is that uh, all their gear is lucky, and I wore my Fanatics gear, and guess what? Clemson got smoked, so which is why you bought new ones. <laughs> yes, which is why I bought new stuff, and I don't have enough money to buy more stuff. So I need you to buy more stuff from Fanatics so that we can afford more lucky Clemson gear. Different, I don't know. Okay, I'll just stick with the normal script here. Fanatics has great selection at a great price, <laughs> and it's really simple. There, I mean, really, they still have their holiday sales going on. So be sure to go get some of that. Don't get any Sugar Bowl champion. Uh, t-shirts because well if there are any actually that'd be kind of funny I'll take one (laughs) but uh, anyways so you can get uh, your hands on some great Clemson gear by clicking the link in this show's episode notes Uh, whatever app you're listening to us in right now or on the website you can go ahead to the show notes and find the link to the great Clemson gear and uh, that link will take you straight to the Clemson uh, selection at the Fanatics store on great sale prices right now. Go check that out and uh, get someone or yourself some great Clemson gear uh, for the offseason. It'll make you feel better. Okay, that's prob- that's the angle I should have taken with this. It'll make you feel better. Okay, just spend some money. All right, let's go ahead and talk about the pivotal plays and top takeaways. You know, it's a hurting locker room in there. That's a that's a that's a hurting locker room. We we. We haven't lost many games around here in a long time, and and uh, but this one, this one hurt, and uh, you know, this is an opportunity to go play for a national championship, and and uh, we didn't get it done. It's not just a hurting locker room, and I'm sure they're hurting, but this sucks for everybody. This is the second straight season that, unfortunately, Clemson has just the last game of the season, just hasn't shown up. 
and or either that or they've just gotten their butts handed to them. I like I'm not sure which one it is at this point, but for some reason the last you know the championship last year and then this game. <clears throat> it just it, it just wasn't there. They didn't have the juice, and uh, we'll we'll discuss that here. So, I think we'll start with a couple of plays. Uh, we won't spend a lot of time on the plays, uh, and instead we'll talk about some of the takeaways or, or what caused this to happen. So, for me, the first pivotal play was, and there are other big plays before this, obviously, but at this point it was fourteen fourteen, and Ohio State had the ball in the red zone, and uh, Justin Fields on that that. Uh, little reverse pass uh, to the tight end for that 17-yard touchdown pass. Man, the secondary was just lost all night. And the defense... Trash. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I jokingly have been saying that we need to fire Venables. I'm, I'm kidding, obviously, okay? But that was it was embarrassing. I mean, I've never seen this defense so out of sorts before. And it was telling even before that uh, on... Like, there were several plays. The touchdown run that... Uh, or that um. Ohio State had where the defense wasn't lined up and the gaps weren't filled and he just ran straight to the end zone. You know, that that was a telling play. And there was actually a third down earlier in the game where Ohio State called a timeout. But Skowski was, you know, directing traffic, trying to get people in place until the timeout was called. And it was just like, all right, what like what's going on here? The communication didn't seem um, crisp and good. And, uh, I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that Ohio state was really trying to combat, uh, Brent Venables and the last second calls, uh, getting into the defense. And there was a lot of ink to paper about the sign, the, uh, sign stealing and things like that. And Ohio state did a really good job. They changed the tempo up. Uh, they did more huddling, uh, which prevents, you know, they didn't have to sign in the plays. And uh, they also did a lot of sugar huddle type things where they came to the line of scrimmage quick and up tempo and things. So, I mean, hats off to Ohio State for that. But like, I mean, that that touchdown pass was just an example. And and there were so many other passes where it was just like, OK, well, let's just start here. Darion Kendrick had a terrible, terrible night. <laughs> I'm not used to watching a Clemson game and every time the opposing team throws the ball down the field and like typically you can't see like the receiver until he comes into camera, but then I'm not typically used to seeing the Clemson player first. Like if you know what I'm saying, <laughs> yeah. like it's not, it was every single pass downfield that Justin Fields threw. Like there's the receiver had two or three steps on like it, two or three steps legitimately on every defender. It was unbelievable how open they were. Yeah. And Justin Fields played a heck of a game. First of all, I think there was, he actually overthrew one of those plays where he had a wide open receiver and uh, I wrote that down initially. I was like, oh, you never know. That could be a big play, you know? And then obviously it didn't <laughs> the end the up being played that, out. <laughs> yeah, a big play. Uh, yeah, but there were like a half a dozen times where you're right. <laughs> they, you know, the camera's on Justin Fields. He just guns it downfield. And yep, there's the Ohio State player running free. And uh, I mean, the secondary was a question coming into the season. We thought they had answered the questions throughout the season. And here we are. I don't know what happened exactly. Miscommunication. Whatever. You know, Nolan Turner was out for the first half. Maybe that played into it. But either way, they just weren't sharp and they weren't there. So that was a big play. Uh, probably the biggest play of the game, in my mind, was the Skowski targeting uh, penalty. And we're still a little upset about that one. Yeah, I, I have mixed feelings about it. First of all, Skowski has come out and said he tweeted out that like it was a targeting play and that he shouldn't have led with his head and, and things like that. So good for him. Yeah. I, you know, <laughs> it, it, by definition, that's targeting. All right. It just was, he, he led with the helmet and he hit with the helmet. The only defense that I would say is that Justin Fields was spinning at the time. And so if he was going straight on Skowski would have hit him with the shoulder uh, instead of his, you know, the crown of his helmet. But as it turns out, he hit him with the crown of the helmet. Crushing hit, by the way. I mean, that was a, <laughs> that was a nasty hit. And uh, just unfortunately, it was targeting. And they called it. And <clears throat> not only, there were two sucky things that happened on that play. First of all, uh, it was 28-14 at the time. And that was third and 13. And Clemson would have stopped them short. It was probably going to be like third and or uh, fourth and three, fourth and two. So maybe Ohio State goes for it uh, or maybe they kick the field goal. And that would have been a good stop at that point. Uh, there were six minutes left in the second quarter, gotten the ball back. Who knows what would have happened? But so not only did they not get the stop because it's a penalty and they got the first down, but obviously Skowski was 
uh, ejected, excuse me, disqualified, as they put it, uh, for targeting. And like that was just the start of having all of these key defensive players out because at one point, this defense was down Xavier Thomas, who didn't play. Uh, Nolan Turner, who was out in the first half. James Skowski, due to targeting. Tyler Davis got hurt, uh, missed a lot of time. KJ Henry, this was right after he got hurt. And he was another lineman down. So this defense was missing a lot of players at, at you know that point in the half. And it all, I mean, a lot of it just started with this. Like you can't be missing Tyler Davis and James Skowski. We saw that in the Notre Dame game. And how they were able, they had so much success running the ball against Clemson. And like Ohio State was already having success. But then you remove those two huge playmakers from the mix and you get what happened right after that. And the fact that Ohio State, they just ran the ball all over Clemson and missed tackling was a huge, uh, like a huge issue on this. And so that's kind of the last play. All these plays are in the first half because... <clears throat> game was only in the first half yeah i mean as close <clears throat> excuse me as close as clemson sort of was had a chance in the second half at the beginning like there was an actually actually a point actually a point where we were like okay yeah maybe they're back in this and then things fell apart again so uh the other play for me though was this was after the hit last play of the drive for ohio state they're in a third and nine justin fields is obviously hurting right now it doesn't seem like he's going to be able to throw the ball down the field all that much. And uh, Ohio State on a third and nine, hands it off to Trey, Trey Sermon, and he runs for a first down because the Tigers can't tackle him. He ran through several tackles at that point. And so, yeah, that I mean, it's just an illustration of that was all night. They were just play, He was just running over defenders. And it just sucks. I mean, this team has been a good tackling team. They've been good against the run. Um, you know, I... I in the preview episode, I thought that it was going to come down to Justin Fields throwing the ball. And, you know, if he had a great game, then they had a chance. And of course, he did have a great game and they had more than a chance. But I, I didn't see this coming. But between the secondary and the lack of uh, the ability to tackle, you know, it, it just wasn't their day. I mean, Ohio State had 639 total yards, which is the second most in, a, in the Brent Venables era. I mean, 385 passing, 254 on the ground. That that's that's bonkers. Okay, it's ridiculous. And I think this goes to show. We'll talk about this in a bit. But Nick Saban has been saying this whole season that it's no longer good defense beats good offense. Good offense beats good defense, and I think that's what you saw during this game i'm not sure it was really good defense though but I get, I get what you're saying though <laughs> i i think everything lined up for clemson in the wrong way you were talking about injuries and injuries is the biggest one that is basically just a flip of a coin that's been this season of who's gonna play and i forget what the stat was that they had throughout the game but they gave like how many starters clemson's had and it was a ridiculous number that's just due to so many injuries that we've had yeah and no excuses like we had tons of injuries Clemson's defense sure just didn't play very well that's no. for sure they they got beat. I can't think of anything good that they really did like well they couldn't stop the run they couldn't stop the pass couldn't get off on third down not getting much pressure on no Justin pressure Fields. even the one turnover they caused was uh like in the red zone <laughs> yeah. like it was which is great like I don't want to take that away but Ohio State was driving you know, they got a tip on it, which, yeah. was, which was great, but it wasn't like they were stuffing them. Yeah. And I I mean, I can't say also that we were joking like Justin Fields after he got hurt was like only half a quarterback and he showed <laughs> that he sure wasn't. But like I, I would say after that injury, like right away, he was he was obviously not 100 percent. And Clemson didn't take any advantage of that. Didn't stack the box at all to stop the run. Even if they did, I don't think they would have even stopped the run. Probably. Well, here's the thing is they did on several plays stack the box. But then they didn't make the tackles. <laughs> True. <laughs> you know, yeah. so it doesn't matter how many guys you have there. If they don't tackle anybody, then, you know, it's not a big deal. Yeah, we, we were sort of yelling at that because it seemed like we were just letting them hand the ball off. Or I wish we had been playing a little bit more press coverage. I know you can't do it all. You can't like blitz everybody and then cover the, the running backs for the tight ends on the short plays. But um, they just maybe that's just the play calling that they, they, they just had the number, you know, like they knew what they were doing and it did suck because after he got hurt, it was like, we should be in this, this guy's face. So maybe that's really 
the issue here is that we couldn't get any pressure on him. And then obviously in the second half, he showed that he could bomb the ball with, you know, yeah. with no big deal. Um, and, and so it didn't matter. But yeah, the lack of pressure, the lack of tackling and the lack of communication in the secondary was just the lack of defense in general, I would say. All right. I, I guess we could have saved everyone a few minutes there and just <laughs> said that, right? <laughs> but uh, OK, so th- I mean, those were the plays and a couple of other random things that I just feel like I need to complain about here um, that we need to complain about. And that's honestly, the con- there was just so much conservative play calling on the offense and I, just in general, I'd say, because we just talked, we just finished talking about the defense, like, and the, the offense had the same exact problem of being conservative. Just to prove your point again, sorry. Go yeah, ahead. no, I mean, <laughs> yeah, take it away. I mean, it, it was just, it didn't, they didn't want to throw the ball downfield. And this is, I hate, like, it seems like a weird time to be like, or it seems like easy to say this at the end of the season. But we have been saying this for the whole season. This actually. is something we have legitimately been saying. Throw the ball down the field. Yes. And they've had they've had flashes. Okay. It's not like even in this game, by the way. First two possessions. Yes. What did we do? We threw the ball down the field, went down, we, scored two touchdowns. They at least mixed it in with like, I don't care. You can throw those swing passes out to Amari Rogers. You can run the ball. You can do whatever you want, but you gotta keep the defense honest. And early in the second half, or even the second quarter, it was like the longest pass that I saw was for like 12 yards to EJ Williams. <laughs> you know, that was it. And so if you look at pro football fo- focus, it's like, you know, 20 Trevor Lawrence's 20 plus uh, his passes of 20 plus yards. They all came. Basically, the majority of them came in the second half when Clemson's already down. So it's like too late at that point. But, you know, they tried to run the ball. There was one possession where it was like run with Trevor, run with Travis third and eight. And then Cornell Powell runs a short route. And he's short of the first down. It's like, what are we doing right now? Okay, so I'm not I don't necessarily I'm not here to blame Brandon Streeter by any means who had to call plays because Tony Elliott had covid. This has sort of been a complaint of ours throughout the season. And I'm sure some of this has to do with our personnel. The uh, the wide receivers weren't the wide receivers we were expecting to have coming into the season. But um, I don't know that that was the one that was leading the preview episode. I said the key matchups are going to be how how we deal with Justin Fields running the ball and passing the ball. And guess what? He torched us. And then the other one was how is Trevor Lawrence and these wide receivers going to be able to move the ball against the secondary? And the answer was, um, well, I, I, actually, the answer was they could, but I just didn't feel like they called the right plays for it. Yeah, I think a couple of things with that. Going back to I like my analogy of like Clemson's season has basically just been a coin toss every game because even if they play well it's been they'll play well but then these players step up and then you don't ever hear from them again going so our wide receiver core there was literally nobody except for Amari Rogers and Powell which has been most of the season but I mean EJ Williams had what two targets basically and one of them he didn't even know was thrown to him (laughs) yeah well yeah maybe that's why they didn't didn't throw the ball down the field yeah which kills me but I guess my problem is I I always like more of aggressive play calls and Clemson has struggled with that all season and to see it in this where there's nothing to lose in this game to see the ball like we see where we we punt the ball a few times where as soon as like it was fourth down I was like go for it and what do we do we bring out the punting unit It, it was just frustrating to see I'm sure if they were to look back now, they'd be more aggressive. Like, yeah, we should have been more aggressive there. But like, even as a fan, I I saw as like, you guys need to be aggressive now, otherwise this game is getting away. Like yeah. in the second quarter, we were down like 28-14. Yep. Okay, so that's the exact play I wanted to bring bring up. And here here's what I'll say is that for most of Dabo Sweeney's tenure, that would be an okay call. Where even if you're down by a couple scores, you rely on the defense because you trust the defense and you trust Brent Ven- Brent Venables, which which is normally okay, right? But normally. at that point, what was it? Like four straight possessions yeah. of touchdowns there was for nothing, Ohio State? There was nothing in this game that showed that we could stop them at all. So there shouldn't have been any reason that we shouldn't have gone for it. Yeah. And I mean... I know I, it's early on and only in the first half. But I mean, look, we're in it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, and I agree. Now, <clears throat> the only excuse I can give <clears throat> is that this offense was sort of hand-strung in, in, to some degree. <clears throat> Sorry, I, You're right my, there. my voice, I'm losing my voice after screaming so much at the beginning <laughs> of this episode. Uh, but it, it, they were almost playing with one hand behind their back because 
the offensive line has been bad all season, all season. And it showed again in this game uh, because they couldn't run the ball, which we already knew about, uh, I don't know, six weeks ago. I said, just quit running the ball. Just Mm -hmm. stop. Okay, let's just quit doing that. And um, and so that, that was another issue this game. We didn't have any rushing yards. Um, and it like uh, it wasn't even close. I mean, <laughs> they could not run the ball. And so I can I can understand where if, you know, they say, well, we'd like to go for it here, but we can't rush the ball. They had 44 rushing yards on 22 att- you know, attempts. So I don't know. It, you know, it, it's kind of an unfortunate way for Travis Etienne to go out, too. And here's another com- you know complaint is that he was uh, very active in the passing game. In the first couple of quarters, especially in the first two uh, scoring drives. I think it was just the first two possessions that I didn't even realize he was on the field the rest of the game. Yeah, I mean, how do you just forget about one of the greatest players in Clemson history? And um, unfortunately, it, it's sort of been this way for the past you know couple of weeks, honestly. Where I mean, again, ACC championship game excluded because he had a great game in that in that game. But, you know, the last half of this season has just been really rough for him. And I'm not saying that's not hit on him by any means. I don't think like he just didn't have anything to work with. So I don't know. To me, it seemed like we got away from the things that made us successful in the first couple of drives, which was throwing the ball down the field, getting it to ETN on some of those swing passes. And uh, we just got away from it at that point. Yeah. And we went conservative. And I think not again to make excuses. I think Clemson can compete with anybody and at most they can probably beat anybody, including Alabama on their really good day. But again, a coin toss, like Ohio State caught Clemson in their bad game that they always have. And it seems to be coming up in big games now, even with the Notre Dame game, they weren't at their best, but they're just not consistent. Then they weren't consistent all season. So we shouldn't even be surprised with this. Yeah. Maybe... The score, maybe how bad it was, but we shouldn't be surprised with how the team actually played. True. And I mean, I think I've heard a lot of people say that this is probably of the six consecutive playoff appearances. This might be the worst Clemson team just as as far as performance this year. And I know it's been a tough year and, um, you know, we're not here to to trash anybody. We we're thankful for the season and that it happened. But man, that's just a tough way to go out. It really is. So, um, especially when I don't, not many people picked Ohio State to win this game. And Ohio State, again, hats off to them. Best game of the season for Ohio State. One of the worst for Clemson. That's just the way it is. So, all right. So those were the uh, the pivotal plays and top takeaways. Let's transition a little bit here. Normally, we would have some fun at this time. You know, we'd do a Carter's Coach's Corner and we'd pass out awards Things like that, but eh, nobody feels like doing that today. <laughs> Davo hasn't been fielding my calls recently. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I can't imagine why. He's a little busy. Yeah, a little busy, I'm sure. So let's transition. That was sort of a short-term view. That was what happened to the game. What does this game mean? Like, where does this program stand at this point? We're about to lose two transcendent players. Trevor Lawrence, uh, Travis Etienne, gone, we assume. They're not coming back. They could. They're not coming back, though. They shouldn't come back. Um, you know, where does this team stand? Where does this program stand? Because uh, actually, I, I feel like I need to brag a little bit. This seems like a terrible time to brag, but that's kind of what this episode has been. Us saying like, hey, we've been saying this about Clemson all season and look what happened. It's true. And we're not geniuses by any means, but I don't know. We were right about a few of these things, at least. A few, yes. When you talk for how many hours we've talked this season, then you're bound to be right a couple of times. So here's what I said in the second episode of the season, though. If you have three seasons with Trevor Lawrence, and he and we only win one national championship with him, and this is bringing in the best recruiting classes in Dabo Sweeney's his career, it's going to be, it should, and it is going to be a disappointment. Okay, so this was a question. This was uh, Clemson and Clemson out. And the question was, does Clemson need to win the national championship to uh, maintain their premier status? And I, I was Clemson out on that question. I don't, I don't think they needed to win it this year to maintain their premier status. But I pivoted a little bit because I wanted to talk about this because, I, honestly, I, this is where we are right now. I think that this three-year period with Trevor Lawrence 
has been a massive, massive, massive disappointment. And obviously it feels that way now because you just lost. But for as much, I don't want to sound like a a spoiled brat either here because (laughs) we won a national championship a couple of years ago and we should all be thankful for that. Like (laughs) you go from 1981, Clemson's first national championship to all the way to 2015, 2016. I always get it confused. 2015 season. Like that's a lot of years. Okay. Like a lot of times, and for a lot of people, either their team never wins a national championship in their lifetime, or if they're lucky, they get one, maybe two. Guess what? We've had two in the span of three years. That's pretty fantastic, but it doesn't mean it's as good as it could have been. And the example I used back then was uh, Tim Tebow and that Florida team who you look at now, technically, they won two championships with with Tim Tebow on the roster. But when he was a freshman in 2006, they didn't win the national champ or they, excuse me, they won the national championship, but he was not the starter. After that, after he became the starter three seasons, they won the national championship once. Once Tim Tebow was one of the greatest college quarterbacks uh, or college players ever. And he was surrounded by one of the most talented rosters ever as well. And so when you look at that, you're like, how really, how did they only win one championship? And it was because they came up against some good competition in 2009 against Alabama, who we're still dealing with today, of course. But I'm telling you, I, I think we got to look back on this and say, especially considering that Trevor Lawrence won the championship his freshman year, you would think, OK, things are only going to get better from here. Actually, they've only gotten worse. Freshman year, you win the championship. Sophomore year, you lose in the national championship junior year, you lose in the semifinal. That's only going backwards at this point. And what makes it worse is that these are some of Dabo Sweeney's most talented teams. They've only been recruiting better than he has his whole tenure. And so um, I hate to be another downer here, but uh, I'm disappointed and I'm not in love with the direction that this program is going, especially in big games, how we, uh, well, at least the playoff games. I don't count Notre Dame anymore as a big game, <laughs> you know, yeah. after after their performances. But, um, you know, we'll get to here in a second. Actually, we'll talk about the offense or the defense, what is more concerning to us. But do you agree with that? Like I was saying that at the beginning of the season. So I'll toot my horn a little bit here and say, I think we should all be disappointed right here, right now that in Trevor Lawrence's tenure, one championship. It should have been at least two, at least two. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Um with the talent that we've had, I I hate to be the person that always says like Clemson beats themselves. I can't fully say that against Ohio State, um, but I think if Clemson would have played their best game, they would have beaten Ohio State. So I I guess I can always say in my mind that if Clemson were to play it the way that they should, then they would win every game. So I guess I'm very disappointed with since we have so much talent and the people that we're losing this year. We're going to see all new faces on offense and defense. Um, I don't know who's going to be leading us on either side of the ball coming next year. DJ UBC. Well, I guess that's true. Yes, we have DJ. Um, wow, I don't even know. I'm nervous. I'll just say that. After, yeah, no. after the way the season went and the expectations that we had for them, and I, to be honest, they didn't really live up to much of any of them. They, I can't think of the word. <laughs> there are only a couple. Of, <laughs> let me help you. There are only a couple of games this season where I'm like, that's the Clemson that we need to see. They limped all the way through the season, hoping that out of nowhere, they would just perform really well. And they didn't. Yeah. And unfortunately, yeah, there were, I mean, there were a bunch of games where you're just like, man, Virginia Tech. Uh, there, wait, there was another one. Syracuse. Boston College, obviously Trevor was out for some of those games, but yeah, this seemed like the least consistent season and maybe that was COVID issues or whatever it was. Um, There were only a couple of games. You have the Georgia Tech game where they, you know, smashed them with 73 points and then the Notre Dame ACC championship game, I think was another game where you're like, okay, this this team's back, which makes this loss even more disappointing uh, because I thought they were putting it together at the right time. But yeah, I'm a little nervous. And and so let's transition to another question here that I think is important. And that's 
Which side of the ball are you more more concerned about at this point? Are you more concerned about we just complained about the defense and the offense? Are you more concerned about the offense in the future or the defense in the future? I'm gonna go offense because like what you said and Nick Saban says that good defense or good offense always will beat good defense now. And I've always been more on the offensive side of ball. If you can score more points than their team, then <laughs> that's all that matters. Thanks, it's, that, it's that simple. <laughs> um but I think if you have a good offense, then you can really eliminate a lot of problems, even with a bad defense. Um, so I'd be more concerned about where the direction the offense is going right now. Yeah, and Dabo is all, has been saying all season, when people question him about the offense, he's like, well, this is the most explosive offense we've ever had here in, at Clemson. And, Never saw it. And uh, we're, you know we're putting up more passing yards than ever before. And my answer is, fantastic. How's that compared to the rest of college football? How does that feel today? Yeah, not <laughs> so good. Like Trevor threw for 400 yards. Great. But that offense was not explosive. I'll tell you that. And if they had somehow won that game and gone up against Alabama, there's a real explosive offense right there. And that's what an explosive offense in the modern day college football looks like. We saw it against LSU last year. Alabama has transitioned. They've, they've, uh, you know, Nick Saban has adjusted. He's changed. That that team is a, like done a totally 100%, 180, excuse me, roundabout from what they used to be on offense. The philosophy is totally different. And now it's insane. Like, I don't know how you stop that team. And I just don't see that from Clemson right now. Like, I, I don't see a whole lot of the change at this point. And I think Tony Elliott is a fine play caller. And uh, I think he's great. And he'll be a head coach one day as he should be. But I'm not seeing like the creativity where where I'm going. All right, I like this offense is scary, and we thought it would be last year. It wasn't really. We thought it would be this year, and it was at times. Don't get me wrong, it was at times. But uh, you just have to question some of those things. So I I'm definitely offense the same way where I'm like, okay, what's the next step we're gonna take? How how is this offense gonna become? LSU level from last year or Alabama level from this year. I don't know yet because listen, we just had the best quarterback ever <laughs> and we weren't, uh, you know, DJ is obviously a great quarterback. And so there's a chance, but these two years, these two years, three years would have been the time to make that happen. And it just didn't happen. So I do have questions. So do you think it's time to maybe even field questions about coaching? Because now this is another big time game that, we were out coached on both sides of the ball. Now, how, how far up the chain are we going here? That that's my question. I mean, obviously, you can't blame anything on Tony Elliott because he wasn't Dabo, even there. Are you putting Dabo Sweeney on the hot seat right no, now? No, not Dabo Sweeney. But <laughs> I mean, something has to be said that they were just flat out out coached, and they have been in big time games, and they don't seem to make the adjustments with the players that they have. I mean, Nick Saban always makes the adjustments, and look. <laughs> He, yeah, he I mean, has a new offensive coordinator every two seasons. Yeah, no, no, it's true. And he's going to have a new one next year, too. But no, I don't think I don't right now. I would say no. I don't think you have to question. Obviously, Brent Venables is like the best defensive coordinator in the country. I don't think I don't think you question him now. I think you can question this game's performance or their performances in big games um, over the past couple of years. Sure. I think he'll adjust. But I really do think that it's harder to, on defense than ever before. And so we got a good one in Brent. Now, I, I mean, you can't blame anything on Tony Elliott for this game because he wasn't there. But yeah, I mean, I think some things need to change. And this was his first season as the sole you know, offensive coordinator. He was co-offensive coordinator the year before. So, you know, I think, I think they'll adjust. I think they'll change. I'll give them another year. But, um, you know, it's again, it's tough to criticize somebody when Clemson Again, they're probably this can yardage wise was the most explosive offense they've ever had. Uh, and so you hate criticizing it. But does this offense compare to the best offenses in college football? Like, were they even close to Alabama? Were they even close to Florida? Were they even close to any, you know, uh, Oklahoma at the end of the season? Like, no, I don't think so. And so I'm not I'm not here to compare our offense to what it's, you know, the, all the other teams in Clemson history, I'm here to compare it to the standard now and the best now. And I just don't see that on the offensive side of the ball. So, no, I don't think coaching changes is in the future. Any, I don't think so anytime soon, nor should it be. But we definitely need to take a step here and figure out where we're going to go 
uh, and learn from these losses. So, okay. Uh, yeah, those, I, I mean, those short term, long term covered them. Good. Now let's talk about some good news here. Some random facts to, uh, to wrap up here, and then we'll discuss uh, the future of the podcast. Stick around for that. All right. So, uh, at the day after the game on Saturday, Tristan lay, who is a five-star offensive lineman signed to Clemson. That's actually a really good get. Um, a lot of people thought Oklahoma was the leader in that race and, uh, they weren't suck it. Oklahoma. <laughs> uh, we got him now. The big disappointment from that day, of course, is that Corey Foreman, who is a defensive lineman, who our boy, Big Dave, came on and told us he thought he was going to sign with Clemson. Uh, he actually signed with USC. And so, sorry, you know, we're not here to trash you, Big Dave, but um, I wish you had gotten him for us. Okay. We expect better next year. <laughs> Kidding. Uh, but yeah, he signed with with uh, USC, so he will be taking his talents to the west coast never be heard from again yes <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah basically uh so you know this is another good recruiting class from Dabo uh and his coaching staff so the the future is bright i don't mean to we've sort of been downers at this point but the future is bright like we've got a ton of talent on this team it's just a matter of using them correctly and uh you know just putting them in a better system i think at this point i think i'm past the stage and i don't really like i don't really want to hear anymore that yes we have top five recruiting class or we're super talented like let's see it like i'm tired of the talk now two straight seasons of how talented we are and two straight disappointments no more talking show it yeah no including Dabo. and i think (laughs) next year i mean next year is a kind of a big season for all of this i mean very big i i think it's huge yeah no i i think it is too and i think you know, it'll be DJ's first season starting, but he's already got, you know, a lot of experience. And so I think they can definitely come into next season with championship potential and expectations. And uh, the, I think they'll have the talent in the team to complete those goals, hopefully. So uh, especially with a guy, guys like Tristan Lay coming in to help that offensive line because woof this season. Woof. <laughs> All right, uh, quick question. Who do you prefer to win the national championship now? Alabama. Not even close. <laughs> but I hope they win by 100. Me too. I'm not, you know, I hate Alabama, obviously, and Bama Dan especially. But, yeah, I'm a, I'm a prisoner of the moment right now. I'm not in love with Ohio State, and I've never liked Ohio State to begin with. Uh, we both grew up in Indiana, so we know how <laughs> terrible Ohio State fans are. So, yeah, I, th- I think I'm definitely on the Alabama train at this point. Yes. And I would also like to make it clear to all of the Ohio State fans out there that we did not say that Ohio State does not deserve to be in it by talent or how good they actually are. At least I didn't. I just said they don't deserve to be in it because they hadn't met the requirements to be in. This. Now, they obviously shut a lot of people up that who were saying that they weren't talented and shouldn't be there. But I just thought that they shouldn't be there because they didn't play enough games. Fair That's enough. not me stepping back either. All right, Dad. Feel free to take shots. Where'd you have him ranked? Huh? Where'd you have him ranked? Where do you have him now? Tell uh, me. Not anywhere near that because they only played six games. <laughs> not, nothing to do with yeah. no, how talented no, they are. No one was saying, actually, every time I heard it said, people were like, well, they're probably one of the four best teams, but they just haven't played. Well, and here, no here's sense. what I will say. So even before I said, I think playing only six games was a detriment to them. It actually was not as helpful. But if you look back on the game, Clemson, their players were getting hurt and they were the players who were getting hurt all throughout the season. Tyler Davis uh, was obviously not health like he just hasn't been healthy all season. And so you you only give him six games. He's probably a little bit more healthy and doesn't go out in this game. And so, yeah, I I mean, we'll, we'll never know. You, you know, you'd have to play the season out the other way to know what would happen. But we're not here to make excuses. They lost whatever. We'll, we'll complain about it at some point. Uh, but well, we just did. Yeah. I still it, see them beating Alabama. Alabama is unbelievable right now. Yeah, that, that would be my prediction as well as my desire. So, all right. So we're both here for Alabama. How do you feel about the ACC going 0-6 in bowl games this year? Um, much, impro- much improved ACC. Another fan base I don't want to ever hear from until they start showing some improvement. I mean, that's terrible. <laughs> Wait, all of these fan bases? <laughs> is that what you mean? Just ACC in general saying like, oh, we're back. We're one of the best conferences. Uh, how, how'd that work out for you? Now, I know with COVID and 
I'm sure, honestly, a lot of players probably didn't really want to play that much for whatever crappy bowl they're playing for. Um, I don't even know who half these teams played because, to be honest, I didn't watch very many bowl games. <laughs> um, I mean, I know I, I saw that Miami lost. Um, what are some of these other ACC teams that played? Anybody? Wake Forest, North Carolina lost to Texas A&M. I mean, it. I don't think it's a big deal. People I don't think make, it's a big deal, but also it's like it's just another bad look. I mean, yeah, there's only a few bowl games that mean anything for the future, really, if you think about it. I mean, I think uh, New Year's Six Bowls still have some importance for uh, momentum going into a se- off season. I think someone like Cincinnati playing Georgia had immense uh, reason. They had uh, immense reason to be there as far as momentum going into the next season, but also from a respect level for a group of five team. Uh, and then obviously the playoff games mean a lot as well. But all the other games, it's like, I don't care if your conference goes 0-6. Like, I, you weren't going to convince me that the ACC was as good as the SEC. Even if the ACC went 6-0 and this year and the SEC went 0-6, like, I, it doesn't matter. I just don't think that uh, I actually thought North Carolina would beat Texas A&M, and they, I think they should have still. But um, the, I think the ACC is improving slowly, but... Everyone was like, oh, the ACC is so much better this year. I'm like, yeah, you had a a transfer come in for a season and that transfer transfer is going to be gone. So now it's Clemson and still everybody else. Yeah, I'm not sure this bowl season helped really anybody. It's like the ACC didn't look very good. The group of five teams, I'm pretty sure they all lost. So they didn't help themselves out any either going into next season. Yeah. So all that talk again was for nothing because they, again, all lost. Yeah. So I'm I'm not sure this season this bowl season helped anybody particularly other than maybe Alabama and Ohio State. <laughs> this whole season's a wash. Screw it. <laughs> I think looking back, a lot of people are thinking like, why did we play this season actually for this to be the ending of everything? But I'm thinking that now, but it's too late to be thinking that. So we might just be thinking that because Clemson lost. But <laughs> yes, yeah, we're we're down in the dumps. But all right, we do have to say goodbye to our good friend Trevor Lawrence unfortunately um he will should is going to be entering the draft and so let's send him out with a proper goodbye here's a little section of his press conference from after the loss I think oh thank you but uh Anyways, um, yeah, I don't, I don't remember what I was saying, to be honest, but. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Trevor. Uh, you do need to work on the mustache, got to say. I'm not sure that's a great look for you. And that's been my take since the beginning of the season when he was growing it out earlier. I don't know why, uh, but you do you. You're about to be a very rich man, so you can you got FU money. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> I wish you would have said that. I know. Some teams might have, or the Jaguars maybe would have taken a second look at it, but I don't think so. They would just been like, well, I'm about to be a millionaire, so you can shut up. So No, I mean, I would have loved that, honestly. But not only are we going to miss Trevor Lawrence and uh, the one championship that he disappointingly brought us. Oh, sorry, that was too far, right? No, <laughs> seriously, we want to thank, thank Trevor for his uh, time at Clemson. Same with Travis Etienne and all the other seniors, but... We do also do need to say goodbye to our Trevor. Our producer Trevor uh, is going to be. This is this was his last episode right now. So uh, thanks, Trevor. You've never heard from him because he's a little wussy, doesn't come to the mic, doesn't like to talk on camera, and uh, but he's got a big opportunity. the uh, The pros, the podcast pros, are calling him up, and he's going to be drafted uh, probably number one. I have to imagine he's been a great uh, he's been a great producer for us. And uh, I do want to announce that we'll, we'll have a new producer. Don't worry about that. Um, and you'll meet him next year. Let's put it that way. Uh, we still got to figure out who he's it been is. in training a few. He came in a few weeks ago and was in training. Yes. For a few. Yes. Podcasts. Yeah. We have to at least have the uh, the aura of a producer battle position battle. Uh, so we won't name our starting producer until the beginning of next season. But um, thanks, Trevor, for all your work. As well, especially with the worthless sound collection. Whoever is after you is up for it and for a terrible job. So, (laughs) (laughs) all right. Uh, All right. I like, I know this has sort of been a winding and and weird episode, but uh, we're obviously disappointed. Glad the season happened. We really are. 
and uh, glad for the memories, but uh, hopefully next year will end a little sweeter than the last couple of years had. All right, here's what this uh, this uh, podcast is going to look like for the next, how many months? When is August next year? Seven months. <laughs> they Forever away. So far away. Uh, we will put out some random episodes here and there, uh, especially during uh, National Signing Day. There are some topics we want to cover. Uh, I think we call it a Carter's Laundry List of Complaints. Uh, so this offseason, we may do a few episodes where we talk about how to fix the playoff. You know, these evergreen topics uh, during the offseason, fix the playoff. Uh, we do need to talk about uh, players being paid for their uh, image and likenesses. Uh, there are bills currently in Congress right now, you know, uh, to, to deal with that heading into next season. So we'll talk about those things, uh, the targeting targeting rule, things like that. Uh, and we'll obviously talk about some Clemson specific topics as well. So we'll put out some random episodes, but um, this is going to be the last regular episode until next season. We need a break. We've been going for a long time. The players have had off weeks. We haven't had off weeks. So uh, <laughs> yes, I, comparing us to the players, <laughs> it's, I'm wiped out here. Yeah, I'm sitting in my butt, physically pooped right now and <laughs> mentally, especially. So we're going to take a little time off. And I do just want to thank everyone who's listened to this podcast. We we did like a half a season, our first season, and uh, then things kind of died because we got too busy. And then we weren't sure we were going to do this season either. And uh, we decided to anyways. And uh, I hope you've appreciated. We we really have worked hard to bring you some good Clemson stuff, and uh, we've put out nearly 50 episodes this season. So I'm I'm really proud of that, and uh, I want to thank Carter and our our whole team here, Becky and Trevor, as well for their help, but especially our listeners. Thanks for thanks for listening. Uh, if you have liked that, you know this podcast this season, uh, you can uh, it would be great actually if you left us a nice review on Apple Podcasts, and we're also on social media. I don't really promote that all that often because I don't want to annoy people, but uh, we are on Facebook and Twitter at Clemson Podcast. Um, and so be sure to check us out to stay with us during the off season as well. So uh, we will talk to you on and off for the next few months, and then we're going to hit it hot and heavy again in we're go August. off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> we did go a little off the rails this season, so I can't even imagine what next season is going to be like. It's going to be insane. We have free range and roam of anything we want to talk about. That's right. Nothing keeping us in. That's a scary thought, especially since I don't know how your brain works. So I don't know what you even want to talk about. So. <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking with Clemson this season. We look forward to talking to you uh, throughout the next few months in general. So thanks, Carter. We will uh, talk to everybody else sometime. I don't know how to end this. I really don't. So I'll just say thanks for listening. Be good out there. Good bamboo. All in on the best Clemson podcast around by subscribing on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. And while you're there, it'd be cool if you left us a positive review. <laughs>